Say, kids, what time is it? It's kind of like watching TV, but, you know, in your car. Joe Weston, Mike the Intern, in the studio this morning, a fresh, brand new, off the grill, dark side of the stream. I got it in this time. First thing. Yeah, somebody's missing, though. Yeah, somebody is missing. Mm, and I can't figure out. I wonder why. I wonder lot, how. Why did we piss him off this time? There's a lot less hair in here. There is a lot less hair, and uh, thank goodness because I'm tired of uh, picking it off uh, my coffee mug. Thanks, yeah, Jay. I have to roller myself after I leave here. Yeah, most people think that our studio just has headphones and you know needles for our record player and albums and stuff, and it does. But it also has uh, stray Jay Stevens hair all over the place. All over the place. It's like having a husky in your house. Yeah, and you're never sure where it came from. Too. You know, the guy on his body. Could never, ever commit a crime because they would know immediately walking, who did it. He's, he's walking a, DNA. I know. You'd know exactly where he was at all times. It's like he's got a, a tracker on him at all times. You could just <laughs> exactly. follow his steps around the building. Yeah. So in this uh, episode of Dark Side of the Stream, we're going to continue down the path of going through Unsolved Mysteries Season 2. We've already kind of established that you and Jay weren't too big on it. You guys thought it was just, what, boring, I guess, or just not I, not the, too much there? The or? stories didn't really grab me that much. I mean, I, um, I, I really liked the first season. Jay was not a big fan of the first season. But this one, it was just kind of... There's so many great stories to tell out there. Well, they've there. got plenty, and they'll do it. And I think that the ones that they chose were just a little I – I felt like there was probably a clear resolution to most of them, but you just weren't going to um, – you could figure it out, but it, it – it didn't lead me down a path of going. Oh, I really want. I really want to know what happened. You weren't there. invested in it. No, I they wasn't. Didn't, they didn't get you invested. This well, one, the one well, we're going to talk about, does though, because it made me really angry. Oh, it made me so angry. And today we're talking about the uh, fugitive Lester Eubanks. And the episode basically talked about this guy who, in uh, I believe it was 1965, uh, brutally murdered a little girl. Not, I mean, she was a, what she was 11, 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. She went with her sister to a laundromat because their dryer had broke and they were in the laundromat that was near their grandmother's house. And it was in the evening and it was, it was a different time, different time. And you could do that. And And, and she was, she was in a neighborhood where she knew a lot of people. And she wanted to go get something. I forget money. They needed change. And so she, she basically was, I think she was supposed to go. Her grandmother lived next door to the laundromat they were at. And then they realized they were out of quarters or didn't have enough. So she was going to go to the other, the, uh, the laundromat didn't have. So she was going to go to another block over to get change at a different laundromat yes. and never came back. And her sister kind of was like, what the hell went to go get grandma. They went to search for, her and then ultimately did find her because there wasn't, this was a crime of opportunity, I think than anything else. And we'll get into that and the difficulty with this case on Dark Side of the Stream, Joe Weston, Mike the Intern, without Jay Stevens. Yeah. Next on 104.7 The Cave. Say, kids, what time is it? It's kind of like watching TV, but you know, in your car. Mike the Intern, Joe Weston, no Jay Stevens, Dark Side of the Stream, discussing episode, what, three of this season of Unsolved Mysteries, the Lester Eubanks uh, case. Now, as we mentioned, um, it involved a, a girl who had gone to the laundromat with her sister. They ran out of change. She went to go to another laundromat and then disappeared and then was later found dead nearby. Now, the man accused and convicted of this crime, Lester Eubanks, basically said that I guess he had uh, tried to attempt a sexual assault on her. She screamed. She screamed. 
So he shot her multiple times. Then he left, went back to his apartment, got changed so he could go dancing, came back out, saw she was still alive, picked up a brick, and that was how he ended her life. I cannot, I can't even think of a word right now to describe this person. I don't want to call him a human being because anyone that could do that to another human, let alone a girl, little girl, is not a human being. I don't know what it is. I haven't figured it out. It's not in the dictionary, but it makes me livid. And just just acting like life doesn't exist and, and robbing a potentially, you know, a glorious life for someone like that just because he wanted to do it. And that's just unreal. Um, it didn't take long for the police to figure out how it was done because they were able to uh, use ballistic and uh, evidence to trace the gun back to him. And then he eventually was caught and confessed to the whole thing. The unfortunate thing really for the family is that they've never really been able to close this thing because of what happened after the fact. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a terrible story. First of all, the loss of her life just snuffed out for just completely senseless. And then this I don't know what to call Lester Eubanks, just horrible person that he, you know, shoots her and then comes back and sees that she's been writhing in pain for 30 minutes or an hour. And, oh, well, I should just bash her head and finish it. And he was already a sexual uh, offender known to the police before this. Yeah. And there are reasons why the sex offender list and him is a great example of why it exists and, and why it's been enforced so much more than it was then, because obviously I don't think anyone knew who he was. And, you know, you look at the guy, especially in his mugshot, he looks just like a regular and good looking guy. Apparently he was fairly charming, charming, charming guy, knew, knew how to manipulate yeah. people. Yeah. He's really good with, with that sort of thing. And, you know, he was sentenced to prison and, that's where the story he was sitting just to death row originally. Yeah, yeah and that's and, where the story kind of takes off at. Yeah, and then um, and then of course uh, federally in the early mid seventies they were like uh, no more death death uh, death sentences. So all of them got wiped up into that point. So his got commuted to a life sentence. But like you said, he was able to manipulate people, and while in prison, did just that. He he manipulated the guards. Everyone liked him. He took to painting and became pretty talented of at that. Had art shows corresponded with all kinds of different people and again um yeah you know face value for for a lot of people he seemed like uh, an all right guy i i think it's time that maybe we stop for a second and I, I i don't know whether you and i agree on this or not but i'm a big believer that prison is a place to rehabilitate people it's I not think, it's not a place to just lock people away and throw away the key and say you know we're done with you um I believe that we, I'm a big believer in societal obligation and that, you know, that when you commit a crime, you commit a crime against society, you commit a crime against all of us. And so that's the reason why you have to pay the penalty. And it's the reason why I believe that society also has an obligation to rehabilitate you. But that being said, what happened with him and what he was able to, I guess, finagle would be the right word his way into being able to do is somebody just was not using their brain. They were not oh, think, so many they, different they were, levels. They were think not thinking about it. he was allowed to go out on these on these art shows and programs. He got on kind of a a, a list where he was a prisoner that was uh, you know able drive to, trucks from was, one prison to a next was one. Was able to yeah. go out and do things 
And it's like, look, this guy's in prison for life. The reason why he's there for life is he committed a heinous crime. He has nothing to lose. I mean, he can try to escape all he wants, and they cannot do anything further to him. No. They have taken away his freedom, but they gave him freedom, and eventually he was going to take advantage of that, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Now, I, I do agree to, with you to a point as far as rehabilitation. If it's you know uh, burglary, um, maybe cer- certain assault cases possibly, um, drugs obviously, um, yeah. Definitely, in certain cases, rehabilitation is is needed and, and in some cases works. But I draw the line when it comes to kids. Yeah, I, I don't do think too. there's any one, once once that you cross that line, bud. Sorry, if, if you're going to spend the rest of your days in jail being a painter, that's great. I don't want you out. That's yeah, just the exactly. way that's my opinion. Agree, and that's just that. the way and it goes. And that's when I that's how I feel about it, too. This was the one of the biggest miscarrying of justices that I've ever seen in my life. And we'll get to how he was able to kind of work the system next. Dark Side of the Stream, Unsolved Mysteries, Episode 3 on 104.7 The Cave. Hey, kids, what time is it? It's kind of like watching TV, but you know, in your car. Joe Weston, Mike, the intern back in the studio this morning. Dark Side of the Stream discussing Episode 3 of the season, second season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix about Lester Eubanks and we talked about uh, what this guy did and that you know basically eventually he was able to con everyone around him that he was upstanding he was trying to re- be, be a real rehabilitated and started putting on these art shows and then I guess they had this program where they would let you know prisoners do outside prison jobs he was able to do that because he was on good behavior and and at the time they believed you know good behavior should be rewarded in the penal system okay be that as it may Eventually, in uh, December of 1973, he and a bunch of other inmates were allowed to go to a shopping center and go shop for several hours by themselves. We're talking about a man who brutally murdered a girl, was able to go by himself and shop wherever he wanted. And, of course, he took that opportunity to escape, and he did, and he has not been seen since. He's a very, very intelligent person. Obviously. Able to manipulate people. And also, too, in the sense that he built up a huge amount of trust with the people at the prison because he had done these art shows. He had done, you know, work release and had always come back. He didn't try to escape the first time. He didn't try to escape the second time or even the 10th time. He waited way down the road till they had given him a really, really long leash by mistake. I mean, this was this was a huge screw up. And like you said, they allowed him to do Christmas shopping, gave him money, turned him loose in a shopping center, unattended, and told him to meet back. Now, this sounds crazy. It sounds crazy for almost anybody that's in prison for anything to be allowed to do this. But for this particular man, it particularly is frightening because he was a murderer, sex offender, and he didn't come back. He got away, and he hasn't been seen since. And I think one of the things that really frustrated with me about this whole story is that his father, who is a minister, knows where he's at, but won't tell them, refuses to tell them. And that right there, sir, made me really hot because he kept saying, kind of alluding to the fact that you just need to let it go and he's a changed man. Bro, that's not your call. No, I don't care. Certainly not yours to make. And and are you going to go explain that to, to that little girl's family? I know you won't. 
And again, this is oh god, I know it's it's shaky, 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 shaky. But for this see, guy to call himself a man of God and to hide his son who murdered a little girl, I question that all day. And when you, one of the great things about this particular show is that they talk a lot with the with the people, the the victims, and the people surrounding it, and her family, and they need this closure. They need it. They need this man to go back to prison. He is still out there. He is apparently does work as a handyman, as a house painter. Um, I'm sure that you could find information out about him. They've done some age progression pictures on him. He needs to go back to jail. He needs to. He's had way too much time free. He got his whole life. And even if he was caught today, he'd just be like, okay. Yeah. Because he's what? He just, he's like in his 70s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. So uh, 76, um, he's born in October 31st, so he just celebrated his birthday, 76th birthday. You can't tell me for one second. He may have been looking over his shoulder, and they did get close. They have gotten close because yeah. they were able to the, – the other thing that was crazy was then when years later when they were going uh, back through these cold cases and trying to find these guys, they realized his warrant – had been canceled and wiped from the system. Yeah. So it's possible that he could have been stopped at some point, pulled over, checked out, whatever. They ran his name. No big deal. Went and go. And that could have been for years. He obviously knows, being smart man, that he can never drive a car. He can't put himself in the system. He needs to be paid cash. He's not getting Social Security because he can't. They Once they do that, they're going to find him. There are people protecting his location. And when they went to go after him, I thought this was really interesting. He's actually related to soul singer Daryl Banks, who was yes. on the Bolt recordings. And his wife, Kay Banks, uh, Daryl actually was shot and killed in Detroit or something like that. And then after uh, uh, Lester left, he went out to L.A. to go be with her and was with her for a while, became abusive towards her and and. God love her for the thinking of this because she wanted him out of her life. And she was like, how, am I, how the hell am I supposed to get this killer out of my life? She said, hey, the FBI called. They're looking for him. He was gone and never went back. So she's lucky she got out of that situation. But again, this goes back to the family protecting him. And it's just it's unfortunate, if we're, especially for this little girl and her family, her sister, her mother, everyone involved. It's it's horrific. You, uh, you know, when we were watching it, my wife looked at me and said, if our kids killed somebody, would you turn them in all day, yeah. all day? I would, and I said I wouldn't. I wouldn't love him any differently. He's always going to be my kid. But you know what? It's not my call to be the one to decide how justice goes. That's not how that works. And then that's the way it should be. We'll talk to uh, more. We'll talk more about uh, this very difficult episode three of Unsolved Mysteries next. Dark Side of the Stream on one hundred four point seven The Cave. Hey kids, what time is it? It's kind of like watching TV, but you know, in your car. You would think that after all these years, this guy would have been caught. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. But he obviously is highly intelligent. Yeah. He probably moves around quite a bit. He probably changes his name quite a bit. Yeah. He's he's able to manipulate people. And he's got the family backing him to hide him. And so. then my guess is that he's probably never changed his ways, that he's uh, there's a string of women that he's abused that there's Possibly, probably yeah. unsolved yep, yep, yep. sex crimes yep. that for have decades for decades. Seventy three. Um, I think of all the episodes that could possibly get resolved in season two, this one probably has the I best so. chance. I hope so. Um, it's only been what a couple of weeks since it's been released, but I'm sure that a lot of people have seen this by now, and hopefully somebody sees it and knows what he is. I mean, like I said, they got caught close. 
They knew where he was at in California. They finally trailed him down to another place where he'd been working for decades, missed him by months, maybe a year, trailed him back to like what, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, something like that, where he'd been like working as a custodian for a while, paid in cash. Um, and they were always just one step behind him. So eventually, I think, hopefully, they'll be able to figure out where he is or get him if they watch his family close enough and he just makes the wrong phone call at the wrong time. But I guarantee you, I think I think the last time I looked, especially after the uh, Unsolved Mysteries episode, um, they raised uh, his reward, I think, another $50,000. So money talks, and hopefully somebody eventually will. And I believe he's on the top 10 most wanted yeah, list. Yep, yep, he is now and has been for a long time, yeah. Sp- especially since they were like, oh, whoops, uh, he's done enough a warrant out for his arrest anymore i mean again this case is probably one of the most miscarriage of justices i've ever seen in my life especially since this guy should have been in prison uh for the rest of his life and uh did not uh did not have to do that and i i remember there was an episode and i can't remember the case specifically um but it was uh, there was a guy who had uh murdered I, I think it was one of those family cases and had been on the run for decades and finally got caught on on an unsolved mysteries caller tipped it in and he when he's arrested he goes yeah I did it but you know the way I look at it is I got to already live my life and now in the twilight years of my life I'll just be retired in prison that's yeah. the way he looked at it and I guarantee you that's the way this guy looks at it too if he ever gets caught fingers crossed that happens I would love to see justice for that family uh, the next episode we're going to talk about on uh, Dark Side of the Stream will be episode four, Tsunami Spirits, the one that gave me nightmares, yeah. and uh, we'll dive into that because there's a lot to talk about, at least from my perspective, having been to Japan and understanding uh, that, and uh, I thought it was a really uh, interesting take on that episode. So you got a week to watch Tsunami Spirits so we don't ruin it for you, Dark Side of the Stream on 104.7 The Cave.